1: From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Great to have you with us for the COB podcast. It is the 16th of December. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scotty, um, good one for you.
0: I was having a great day until I walked out of uh, the, uh, the the studio just uh, to finish the show and my uh, little mini football's gone missing, so I'm, I'm a bit concerned.
1: My mother will notice that. She watches the stand-up daily on social media and she actually asked me, what is that that, that Scotty's got in his hands? Who is that idiot with the ball in his hand? She calls you Scotty too, which, which kind of annoys me. But anyways, hi, Mum. Anyways, let's get to the news of the day. And I suppose in some ways, well, it was the – you know, the real positivity around risk sentiment. But it was in large part to do with what's happening in Washington with congressional leaders there really inching closer, inching slowly towards some sort of a U.S. breakthrough.
0: Yes, it wasn't just the great ball robbery of 2020, but there was some news out of Washington and uh, those hopes – Maybe you realise that uh, it's only taken, you know, what, uh, two or three months of hopes to uh, to finally get here, but uh, it looks like we are moving towards some kind of deal, smaller than what uh, had been slated by some parties in the, uh, the past, but uh, it looks like it'll be just around, uh, no, just over 700 billion US, uh, based off media reports. Of course, it's still a work in progress, I don't know the exact details, but it's Sorely needed. We know the U.S. economy is decelerating and we know that uh, COVID is absolutely rampant throughout that country.
1: Bit of a Christmas miracle. And, you know, not being facetious or flippant about it, because, yes, it is a pretty dismal state. If you are an American who is out of work, potentially, who does not have access to health care and, you know, who might be looking at a long, cold winter Ahead, So we will continue to keep abreast of any developments that come on that front through the overnight period. Also, overnight, we've got the FOMC. We'll be hearing from the Fed Chair Jay Powell. Really interesting considering all the dynamics around COVID, around stimulus, and around some of the economic data that's coming out of the US. Still, you know, looking, looking pretty positive for now. So is the payback to come?
0: Unky Jay, Uncle Jay Powell, he'll, uh, he'll, visit the go- he'll uh, deliver the goods. He always does. Uh, I'm not surprised that, uh, that markets rallied again today. Now, of course, we had that positive lead from, uh, from Wall Street, but you go and look at back over time before a big Fed meeting uh, or a Fed announcement, you go and look at how many times the stock markets go and rise in Asia, the US dollar gets sold, and, uh, and bond yields, longer, longer dated bond yields come off. That exact trifecta again happened today. You could go and put it to clockwork. Everyone... Looks for a dovish Fed, and I'm sure that, uh, that Jay Powell would deliver.
1: At the time of recording this podcast, the Australian dollar is at 75.54 versus the greenback, so under a little bit of pressure at this time. Not much, though. So. The Aussie dollar is uh, certainly a story, and it's one that's now coming up in relation to Equities, you know, in relation to the performance potentially of some Australian companies. And it came up in conversation today with Hashan Da Silva. He's an equity research analyst at CLSA. We were talking about the healthcare space. And yeah, he flagged the Aussie. Uh, it's something that we've been, been touching upon, really, as we've watched the Aussie dollar rise.
0: Yeah. It's uh, my old currency man from way back. And uh, I understand that you know, from a hedging perspective with corporates, and the ones I used to do in the past, mm-hmm. it, it does make a big difference when it comes to earnings. Uh, and if you get it right, it can be very uh, fruitful. If you get it wrong, it can be very painful. And... Uh, I don't know the hedging policies of all the various companies out there, but uh, it's one of those things that uh, needs to be considered because there is lots of uh, no people talking about Aussie dollar going to 80, 82, maybe even higher than that. Uh, And there's a lot of optimism about uh, commodity prices in particular. Now, the last time there was a lot of optimism about commodity prices, the Aussie dollar traded above parity with the US. So not saying that's on the cards this occasion, but uh, there is grounds for a lot more upside given Australia's relative position in the world, given our commodity resources, Mm -hmm. uh, what's going on with our interest rates, and our health outcomes, more importantly.
1: And also, you know, just the the nature of the Aussie at this stage, at least, it's not reacting to that geopolitical news. It it catches a bit, you know, when we see... U.S. equities rise. So there's a lot that's supporting this rise of the Aussie dollar. So, yeah, we chatted that in relation to the healthcare space with Hashan Da Silva. We got into CSL. I thought his comments around Sonic Healthcare uh, were really interesting. It's a company that we haven't really been talking about a lot through the pandemic because the ResMeds, the Fisher & Paykels, the CSLs, you know, steal a lot of the spotlight. So Sonic, uh, is comment uh, he comments about, and also... Miso Blast. So we chatted with him just before Miso Blast went into that trading halt. That company is supposed to come out with an update, potentially, uh, not until Friday, and that's after some pretty disappointing results put some pressure on the company, uh, particularly yesterday and an early trade today.
0: Bit up and down like a toilet seat, as you uh, are, as you you, uh, (laughs) eloquently said, yeah, earlier this week.
1: I'm uh, kicking some goals this week. I think we (laughs) definitely are approaching Christmas, but uh, you can listen to that interview with Hashan via the show notes. I'd like to get to the stock of the day, shall we? It is beacon lighting. So we had a couple of our expert guests in this afternoon, as per usual, commenting on the stock of the day. We, we had beacon because it put out a pretty solid update and uh, looked forward to some pretty um, good r- results coming through in the next half. Uh, beacon lighting is the stock of the day. Let's listen in to what Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial had to say.
0: There are definitely good traits about this company and a lot to like about it, but that doesn't mean I'll be buying it at the moment. Um, The fact is...
1: Valuation. Valuation. And I'm
0: just not sure, like with many of these other stocks, whether or not these great conditions that have maybe pulled forward demand can be replicated going forward. So I'd like to see a return to some normalized conditions um, before sort of making my final decision on Beacon or any other business that's had a similar pull forward benefit from COVID. It's a COVID beneficiary uh, with all that stimulus money coming through. But how often, you know, once you replace your light fittings and your ceiling fans, are you going to go and do that every year? It's, you know, not not very likely. So I, uh, I have to say, I think it's it's run probably too hard. The other thing which is probably interesting to note, the CEO owns about 55% of the stock. So in one way, that's great. You know, one of my measures is does management and the board have skin in the game? Well, plenty of skin in the game at 55 percent. But it then also takes away that ability for corporate activity as well, because if you haven't got the CEO on board, uh, it's not going to be happening at all. To me, it's probably a hold.
1: So that was Andrew Veitland there finishing those thoughts. Um, And so uh, it's a hold. It's a hold from both of the gents today. BLX Beacon lighting
0: some illuminating insights there from our, our, our Ooh, audience
1: ch-ching. okay uh, we should talk just briefly about bnpl we had two bnpl players on today lay had a pretty good update coming through open pay uh, i mean according to the market reaction a great update coming through up by 27 percent it is now looking to push into the u.s you know yes a crowded space but all of these companies, you know, have something that sets them apart from the other. They all believe that there's room for them in that market. Although, when I was speaking to Layby CEO, he did say, look, there will be consolidation in the space. It's just that he, uh, you know, would, would like to be on the acquisitive end of that spectrum.
0: Good luck to all of them out there. Uh an efficient marketplace. Uh, I know it will come down and it will be uh, those uh, producers, uh, those offerings that are uh, uh, inefficient and the like will go by the wayside. Uh, margins will get squeezed. Uh, competition will be fierce. We already know it's going to be. And everyone seems to forget about eBay and all those things. Like, oh, it's know uh, OK Boomer, all that kind of stuff. Wait till I like, know some serious players really go down that space. If someone wants to, they'll crush everything out there at the moment, if they want to. That's the other uh, key thing. But um, look, the one thing I always gets to me, uh, regardless of what your views are about you know, uh, no buy now, pay later and its future, uh, the one thing that's starting to irk me a lot is that uh, we know that uh, you know, when you're talking about small sums and you're growing in, uh, in compounded rates of over 100% year on year because you didn't, weren't even really in existence a year ago, it's like, come on. Like, you've got to look at the relative base level of what things are coming from. To go and say like this, oh, we've had a huge 150% increase from nothing, well... Yeah, what perspective did, is what everything. Do do?
1: Okay. Regardless, though, we've got uh, that interview with Laybuy CEO on our website and the app and OpenPay website app and via the show notes as well. Because I did, you know, we did pursue with them what the strategy is in the U.S. How do you do that? How do you just say, "And we're ready to grow in the U.S." You know, what has to be in place? It's a big, big market with a lot of complications, as we do know. That being said, Afterpay hitting an all-time high today, finishing at one hundred and fourteen sixty, up by. Four and a quarter percent. Um, well, what else can we talk about, Scuddy? I mean, we, we will be talking about the FOMC, no doubt, tomorrow. But, I mean, are you really expecting to see any big surprises coming from the Fed? I think we could see some more, you know, uh, clarity on their view of the economy going forward. They will still call for more fiscal stimulus. Uh, will there be any twists and turns in their QE program?
0: Uh, not really. Not uh really. Maybe like some other central banks, we might get some uh, granularity when it comes to actual uh, you know, outcomes that need to be ticked off before we start seeing a pullback of, uh, of asset purchases, things along those lines. But look, it's autopilot around the world when it comes to these central banks. They're absolutely spewing out so much uh, liquidity when it comes to our asset purchases. Uh, it's going to be that way for a very, very long time. It's the fiscal side of the equation, which we should be concentrating on. The uh, the Fed, ECB, RBA, RBNZ, and everything in between. It's autopilot for the time being.
1: Yep. Okay. So we've got jobs here in Australia tomorrow. Yay. It's a Thursday. And uh, this is probably the last big economic read that we get before Christmas. Um the 7% is the market consensus for the unemployment rate. I think TD had jobs added at about 50,000. Uh, the headline number will always garner headlines, but I think that the underlying you know, the underlying view is that the labor market is slowly improving and perhaps uh, we'll never get to the real real depths that we had thought at the beginning of the pandemic so participation rate really key to that headline unemployment rate yeah
0: oh look look, the data's going to be incredibly noisy it's always been noisy release uh at the best of times and uh especially so this year the trend will be i uh, know will be higher uh, all depends on what participation is participation is almost back to record highs mm-hmm. um so that side of the equation i uh, know It'd be difficult to go and see it actually exceeding those previous records, but hey, look, it's a year of unprecedented, maybe it will. But uh, I think it's, uh, you know, looking at the labour market data we've seen recently, uh, you know, the last few months at least, we've about continuous upside surprises. I wouldn't be surprised to see another one.
1: Okay, um, your view today is sort of relevant because we've got a lot of people around here. I don't know about um, our listeners and uh, what it's like in their workplaces, even if they're in their workplaces and not working from home, but a lot of people looking to travel interstate. We had that one new case of um, COVID in New South Wales. Today, it was a transport worker at the airport who was transporting international air crew COVID. COVID, um, and believe it or not, there was a little bit of hand-wringing, you know, that... that state premiers, if it uh, went from one to two, two to four, four to six in the next couple of days, could turn around and shut that state border again. I mean, I don't think they would because it really would be the Grinch who stole Christmas kind of scenario. But it does speak, I think, to the, um, the way in which border closures were managed within Australia itself.
0: Australians are being spooked to so put it lightly, uh, I think they've been unnecessarily, uh, really made to go and be fearful about to know what's going on. Now, of course, we know it's a really deadly virus, and we've seen what's happened abroad. But uh, if you handle it the right way, and you do it, you manage it the right way, as we've proven here in New South Wales. So, for the vast majority of time, things can be handled all right. But uh, i mean, been having to think about this whole reopening thematic, and so many people are bullish on travel stocks, and we're all going to be like jetting overseas and everything else. So I went and put it out to the Twitter sphere.
1: So, Did you? Yeah, so
0: I went and put a bit of poll. and I got a, that poll. It got a, got a, got a bit, of, uh, bit of reaction. So I went and asked, um, if you were to go and get the uh, the vaccine, and I basically made it to, so it was mandatory the way I said it, uh, and of course a lot of people won't get the vaccine. I said, if you get the vaccine, would you be comfortable opening the international border again, knowing that uh, there's likely to go and be porous and let uh, no travellers through who may be uh, no COVID positive, but uh, not showing any symptoms? Uh, There was way over 600 votes that came through uh, in a 14-hour period, and 65% of Australians said, no, we don't want the international border open. Uh Uh-oh. So I reckon Scott Morrison and the federal government have got a massive problem coming in convincing Australians to go and open up, regardless of these vaccine rollouts, and I think it's going to be very problematic next year. That, to me, is one of the most underpriced risks domestically here in Australia that we're facing.
1: Yeah, I think... I think that's right. So food for thought. Um, We had a chat with Will Curtain from Milford Asset Management. He was disappointed by even the messaging coming from Jacinta Ardern over in New Zealand, you know, about the potential travel bubble. He noted some of the disappointment in some of those um, travel-related names in New Zealand, you know, the Auckland airports of the world, because Mm -hmm. it wasn't definitive. It was wishy-washy. She said, you know, we will be looking at, you know, reopening the border sometime uh, in the, I think it was the first quarter of next year, which really is only, you know, three months. But still, um, what he was hoping for and what the markets, I suppose, were hoping for was something that was more concrete. From February 1st, the border will be open. And I can anticipate that's, that's what will happen here. The waters will be tested um, to see the reaction and then also biding time in case there is some sort of a, an outbreak. And, and, and the other thing is we are so fortunate you know, so fortunate to be living freely here in Australia, and a lot of people, you know, won't want to give that up if they're if they're not dying to get out themselves.
0: Watch out for this risk. It is an absolute burner, and I've got a I've got a bad feeling that it's going to become really problematic. Really problematic.
1: Okay. Well, one that we'll um, no doubt touch upon in the future. Thanks for that, Scotty. And you can um, read the whole view in our newsletter, which is conveniently also called the COB, because it really is the close of business here. So I think we've touched upon most thematics. Um, It's a Thursday tomorrow. We are really getting close to Christmas, so we'll start to see lower volumes and perhaps a bit more volatility, but it, it certainly feels as if we're strapping in for a ride on Santa's sleigh.
0: Yeah, we're already uh, we're already in the midst of lower volumes that are starting to go and drop off, and then of course tomorrow we have the Fed, we have the labor force server, and we mm-hmm. have my That's the uh, real trifecta of, uh, of big releases, and then that's pretty much it for the year. Yeah. Um, so I suspect that uh, come uh, Friday afternoon uh, here in Australia, it's going to be real slow yeah. and not a lot of interest. Oh, but uh, we'll to we'll, that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be here because there's always something coming out. Look, it's the confession season, and look, there's nothing that a company yeah. likes less. They go, oh look, all the journals. Hopefully they're knocked off and have having some beers and like forgetting about their work. Put no, the garbage out. we we call it. We're All waiting. right.
1: Great guest tomorrow. Zachrias from from ben- Tree Investment Group is up at 9.10. We've got Michael Jenneke who's head of Australian Equities at Credit Suisse. Looking forward to that. A panel discussion on geopolitical risk with uh, grain growers as well as the Association of Mining and Exploration Companies. That's at 11.20 a.m. And we have the Strawman Classic. The final episode of the Strawman Classic. Some lucky person is going to be getting a ten thousand dollar check it's been an eight week long competition it's been fantastic to follow along with and we look forward to meeting the winner live here tomorrow um so yeah that's at 115 and and, and the list goes on i'll i'll end it there scotty we've had a good day uh just to recap the xjo finishing up by about seven tenths of one percent energy couldn't do it in the end Healthcare couldn't do it in the end but otherwise it was a pretty positive Wednesday.
0: It was a pretty positive Wednesday and look if anyone see my uh, my football please. Gonna say let me know. we
1: got to go we got to find your ball.
0: Exactly right let's go find this ball.